Hello, you're listening to the Weekly Lamington. Yo, yo. Hello. Every week, we bring you the last seven days of news from Australia and beyond. This week, trade tensions between China and Australia escalate, and the World Health Assembly decides who will investigate the origins of coronavirus. A Queensland student faces expulsion over his pro-Hong Kong activism. The Trump-Obama feud hits warp speed, and much more. For those who were with us last week will have an understanding of a certain debacle Australia has been faced with, the threat of China imposing an 80% tariff on Australian barley. Now, for those who aren't up to date with this, we covered it all in the last episode, but as a quick rundown, Australia and China over the last 18 months have been involved in an investigation into Australia allegedly breaking trade rules by dumping barley. Well, they actually did it. This week, China has announced that they will, in fact, impose the enormous tariff, effectively ending barley trade with China and crippling the industry. That's so hectic. Yeah. It's too close to home. Yes. I mean, WA especially. Sucks for the farmers. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, seriously. Drought and then this. This has been widely speculated by former governmentary diplomats and the media alike that this was a diplomatic retaliation because Australia is the one who is pushing for the international review into COVID-19's origin. The Australian government has sternly rejected that notion, saying it's purely a business ordeal and it's not the catalyst for a trade war. David Littleproud, our Federal Minister for Agriculture, even said it was dangerous to say such things. And ScoMo himself said to be careful to not draw lines between these two things. Furthermore, the government has upheld their claim that they weren't dumping. In fact, they presented a 10,000-page document to China proving that they did nothing of the sort. But this is where it gets interesting. China, with no hesitation, just announced that they found a new barley trading partner. And uh, you, you, you honestly, you will not guess who it is. Who is it? <laughs> okay, it's the United States of America. Fuck. We got trumped. Dude, we got Trump. Played. We got Trump, man. It was supposed to be a bro. I can't. What a p- fucking plot twist. Ah. I can't believe it's that. It's surreal. It actually is. When you first told me, Shaq, I was like, No uh, way. Yeah. It was the 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 last option on my head. No, it was so funny. I, I was I was asking, what, what was it? UK? I was asking. I was like, just guess who? Guess who? And he literally rattled off like thirty <laughs> countries. Yeah, I had a world war. <laughs> <living, laughs> no, didn't you guess North Korea f- before you guessed oh, USA? I, I guess Peru. Yeah. USA. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's surprising though. Very much. And okay, so this has a whole lot of information, and I don't want to distract from the fact that the US low-key um, dogged us. Woof woof. Yeah, well, but there's more... Imp- that wolf warrior diplomacy? <laughs> oh, Call back. <laughs> okay. Okay, but, okay, there, there is more information to this, so, th- and this is going to tie in quite nicely. <laughs> After weeks of anticipation, the World Health Assembly was held this week, and, of course, this is held annually for the purpose of collectively reviewing the policies for the WHO, which is the World Health Organization. But this year is particularly important because of COVID, obviously, and everything that the virus has birthed along with it. A key conversation this year is the international push, led by Australia, aiming to disclose the genesis of the virus and China's coordination with the WHO, leading to the outbreak. Initially, China said that our probe was improper and politically motivated, and China consistently pushed back, saying it was unnecessary and that it had shown nothing but transparency. However, they have finally given in. Well, sort of. Uh, they have finally agreed on the investigation, but it's not exactly what we asked for. 
which was for an independent review of the WHO and, and China. Instead, collectively at the meeting, they have resolved that the World Health Organization will conduct the investigation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a small or maybe huge win for China, but not for Australia, as one of the key points of, of the investigation was China and their interactions with WHO. So it seems China is getting what it wants because it has close ties with WHO, and it seems that this investigation is largely internal and could prove to have some bias. China has warned Australia of pursuing the independent inquiry. They initially wanted, with the Chinese foreign spokesman saying yesterday, I want to stress that we welcome it if Australia changes its course, completely gives up its political manoeuvre and returns to the broad consensus of the international community following the relevant WHA resolution. Yeah, it's uh, actually a pretty big loss for Australia because we were pushing for this. We were like, you know, you have to, it has to be independent of the WHO because of, you know, all the... Accountability. Yeah, because there was a lack of accountability there. And uh, we didn't get it. I, d- I don't think that this review is going to find anything. Th- they might be like, oh, yeah, you know, like we could have had a mask here and there. They're not going to, I guarantee that they're not going to find anything damning in this review of China or the WHO at all. And I think everyone's aware of that, but no one wants to poke the bear because even Greg Hunt, who is our health, uh, health minister, and Maurice Payne, who is our foreign minister, they both said, oh, like we're so happy with the resolution, which to me... I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of see through that. And uh, David Littleproud as well, the agriculture minister, was seeing him talk about it. He was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. It's like, but mate, you're the agriculture minister. Like, it is a big deal. I feel like he was just saying that to appease farmers, like to make them not be like worried. But yeah, it's worrisome. 100%. Also, like, what's going to happen? Like, if it's barley first, then what about, like, they already threatened beef and wine, what about other things? Well, yeah, actually, I think there was rumours about dairy and wine and, and seafood might be next. Oh, great. But yeah, they're, them know. increasing their uh, strict uh, controls and checks of those imports. It's, hundr- it's a bit know. of a pattern, isn't it? They, you know, you get on the bad side and they just might just take something away from you. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty freaky, but I, I don't know, after all, like, Trump did, I feel like Trump did dog Australia, but at the end yeah. of the day, we do live in a free market society. Uh, competition is, is always going to happen, and we just weren't competitive this time. What got me was that just last night, so that would be Tuesday morning for the US, Yeah. Trump held a press conference where he was promoting uh, US production of agriculture. So he was talking about how they support their farmers and how they're going to have their industry boosted but he didn't make any mention of China or Australia in that. All he was doing was getting Ivanka and Sonny Perdue, the US agriculture minister, to give speeches while he, I guess like he just like showed off. Price is right with the- with Oh, the, it was with, so with game showy. It was weird. Like, yeah. like, I mean, no one's gonna go watch Trump's agriculture speech, but him showing off these products was like, ridiculous. Like he look, he's like Mr. Monopoly. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marketing face, play. Oh, it is a sli- oh, for Isn't us definitely. Right? Cause and and like him not mentioning uh, Australia and China is ridiculous. Although, I mean, let's be um, adults about this for a moment, because obviously uh, we're feeling the brunt of this. But not not that this is an excuse. I don't know the ins and outs of the trade deal. But in January, China and the US struck a huge, the biggest, yeah, their phase one, the, fa- the biggest trade deal 
ever in history. Apparently. After months of argument about, you know, China's inflating their dollar artificially, cheating their cheaters. Yeah, uh, but they, they, they struck that phase one deal. Mm-hmm. And so this is part of the deal. And supposedly it's hard enough for China to meet the agreements. And this was, I guess, something that maybe was always on the cards. So Because this was an 18-month-long investigation. It seemed Australia wanted uh, their review of coronavirus to be independent of WHO uh, and China because obviously there's something uh, not potential quite bias. right. Yeah, potential bias in there. So do you think Australia, because Australia didn't want the WHO to be reviewing it, but now they are. Do you guys think that Australia is going to pursue that further or we're just going to leave it? It's a bit of a rock and a hard place, hey. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we have enough power to do it out on our. We on our don't. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we actually can. I think we've done really well to, 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 to do this in the first place and and rally, the international leaders to help us with this. But if it's not going to get past the WHA assembly, will it ever? And also, they're not actually um, looking into the investigation until COVID has calmed down. So who knows what happens from here until then. Well, there was that Chinese academic as well who, I, mean, I don't even think it was just him, but um, he said that we'd be naive to think that we we'd, wouldn't be the first sacrifice oh of the yeah, US. That dude, was like I two or three that. weeks ago. Yes, you did say that, true. Well, it looks That's like uh, we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've yeah. Been, yeah, we've been sacrificed. 100%. Yeah, because uh, w- w- in that press conference uh, that you spoke about, Caleb, uh, where he was showing off the corns, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he uh, he said... Uh, he t- w- when he when he mentioned the virus, he quickly prefaced it uh, caused by China, and then he moved on. Yeah, so he's still pushing it. He said, "Yeah, the the virus caused by China." Wow, caused, they did it. Yeah, and, and there's all this whole thing about the CIA uh, supposedly believes that China pressured the WHO into delaying uh, the declaration of COVID as a pandemic. So. Yeah, and then you see the letter that Trump wrote to, Dedr- to Tedros. Tedros is the director of WHO, by the way. He, l- you should actually read it. It's, it's pretty good read. There's a lot of problems, obviously, in there. Yeah. Yeah, he, he made some valid points. I mean, obviously, this is Trump. He has a, a particular agenda that is pushing uh, for, but still, good points nonetheless. Very uh, insightful. I think the crux of all this is that it's probably time Australia reevaluates what kind of game we are playing here deciphering which industries are going to serve us long term and how we can ensure sustainability in those sectors because after all of this we have just been shown how dependent we are on other countries and how easy it is for the rug to be pulled out from under us and maybe we can't rely on them after all it is a free market and we don't always have the resources to compete maybe maybe you're right Shad. maybe we got played we got trumped student activist from the University of Queensland called Drew Pavlau is currently in a heated battle with the institution over their alleged nefarious ties to the Chinese government. His fight has even led him to facing a possible three years in jail. So how did this 20-year-old get himself into so much hot water? Well, like many young university students, he has strong beliefs about certain injustices going on in the world, but his main focus was China's treatment of the Uyghurs and Hong Kong. So he was elected to the UQ Senate, so it's clear that he wanted his voice to be heard. And in July last year, he got what he wanted. 
he staged a pro-Hong Kong protest on campus. And during this protest, two random Chinese guys jumped him. Now, these two guys were never found, but it was clear that they were mad at his pro-Hong Kong, therefore anti-communist China views. So after this incident, the Chinese Consul General of Brisbane, Xi Ji, issued a statement condemning the protests as anti-China separatist activities. Drew said that he then received multiple death threats from pro-communist China people. Uh, he was getting random calls, uh, saying things that, like they wanted to kill him and his family. Now, he took this matter to the Brisbane Magistrates Court uh, because he wanted an apology and a retraction from the Consul General, who, by the way, is also an adjunct professor of UQ. So you can start to see some connection here, possibly against Drew. Uh, to back Drew's claims that there was an internal plot against him, he subpoenaed emails between Xi and the university. Amid this fight, UQ issued him with a 186-page document outlining the reasons while they were seeking um, his expulsion from the university. These detailed documents outline several reasons for the expulsion, which were several anti-communist China social media posts, which resulted in some Chinese students emailing the campus saying that they didn't feel comfortable attending next semester because of potential anti-China rhetoric. And also, uh, yeah, a bunch of protests uh, he had he had orchestrated. And th they said that this was intimidating and disrespectful conduct and disrupted normal staff operations. So, yesterday, Drew and his lawyer were supposed to front the disciplinary hearing in which he would learn his fate from the uni he's been attending for three years. But him and his lawyer walked out of the hearing straight away, claiming it was a kangaroo court. They claim this because he tried to use the emails that he subpoenaed from the Consul General as evidence in the hearing, but UQ's lawyers hit back saying that he couldn't use the emails as evidence because they are already being used in a trial, a separate trial against the Consul General. Yeah, because that would have him in kind of court, hey? Yeah, exactly, which is what the three-year prison sentence would have would have come from. So he's not going to go to jail anymore, but they were just threatening him with jail time. And from this, Drew said that the uni was trying to intimidate him from pursuing this issue further and taking away his uh, right to free speech. So, yeah, do you, do you two think the uni's wrong here? I feel like everyone should have the opportunity to protest something, especially when it comes to human rights. You can't really take that away from someone and say, you know, oh, we're going to expel you for that. That, to me, shows, okay, well... What kind of ties do you have to this particular issue? That's that's you. Know, it it just seems a bit interesting. Well, y yeah, they weren't gonna expel him for his ties necessarily, but they they had the excuse of his uh, anti-Chinese rhetoric on social media. No, not his ties. The university's ties to the C to the CCP or or some sort of allegiance to make them be like, okay, you're gonna speak out against this. We're gonna take away. We're gonna take away your willingness to shed light on, a, on an issue. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, showing where UQ's, uh, I guess, opinions lie on, Hong Kong, on the Hong Kong matter. Yeah, Senator James Patterson, who's one of our pollies, who's quite outspoken against China. Isn't he banned from China? Yeah, he lost his visa. <laughs> Him and Andrew Hastie, and the last year, lost their visas. 
uh, and that's a whole another thing. But uh, yeah, he backed Drew, saying that UQ had become over-reliant on Chinese money. And he further revealed confidential details about how UQ has these deep ties with China, qualifying that by saying that the Vice-Chancellor of UQ, Peter Hoy, received $200,000 last year for expanding the university's ties with China. So he's, so he's ba- so Drew's fucking with the money. Yeah, he's fucking you with the money. You don't fuck with the money. Exactly. Um, yeah, speaking with where the money goes, uh, it's common for university campuses across the world with that has Chinese students in them to have these things called Confucius Institutes. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was one at UWA. Didn't you say that they're banned in the US? Yeah, in, in the US, these institutes are banned. So they're originally their idea with these institutes was to you know, uh, make sure that Chinese students uh, are, are learning le- the English properly and their studies are going okay. So, you know, to support them uh, while they're studying abroad. But these have been labelled as sources of China's soft power um, through the, throughout the university sector. There's instances of them trying to conceal information, which is why, um, yeah, the, the US had banned them. That's not just a thing with Confucius Institutes as well. That's characteristic of Chinese government foreign policy. They, they often blatantly lie about things that seem apparent. And uh, when you were saying before how they like, threatened him and his family and that sort of thing, that's also, if that's happening, it seems like the Chinese Communist Party is involved. Like if Chinese people are going and threatening someone who's speaking like in, in pro-Hong Kong or pro-Taiwan terms, then they'll do that, like with Matt Horton, the Australian Olympic swimmer. Yes, exactly. With what's going on in Hong Kong, regardless of your beliefs, you should be allowed to protest against it if you think that China's actions in Hong Kong, same with Taiwan and same with their treatment of the Uyghurs, are wrong. Personally, uh, if you have a million people in, a co- in concentration camps and all their heads are shaved, something's dodgy as fuck. It, it well, I mean, that thing about the Uyghurs. do they even have the Uyghurs anymore? Because they said they released them, but none were released. Where are they? Where are they? Where are the Uyghurs? It's interesting. Uh, yeah, this goes. This this speaks to a deeper trend with young activists in Australia. Because Drew was friends with this guy called Gavin Wilson, and some of you may remember Gavin was part of the protest in Brisbane a few months ago against a drag queen telling stories to kids in a, a library. Wasn't it uh, a young liberals Yeah, th- 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 yeah, they were part of the young liberals, yeah. So, yeah, they went in there protesting against this, and uh, he got heaps of shit for it on the internet afterwards, and, yeah, he tragically committed suicide because of it. It still speaks to the fact that these kids are prepared to really stick into it with their beliefs uh th- th- these strong beliefs it's dark legal work even though I, I don't really think uh drew's a liberal or not I'm you know he he, sure he, he actually called himself a libertarian socialist and uh yeah he, he didn't sound like he supported what his friend gavin was doing at the library but nonetheless it yeah it still, spe- it still speaks to a passionate youth activist culture um, and, y- you know, I-, I feel for Drew in a big way because his life is, like, semi-fucked. Y- you know, like, um, he-, he, he, di- he did get himself into this mess and he-, and he did go a bit too far in some instances online, y- you know, which he admitted. Um, but this story does confirm a very significant issue, a-, a scary issue. The continual defunding of the university sector by government has... has partly led to the unis needing to seek funds from places like the Chinese government. 
um, and in recent years, the, the Communist Chinese Party has happily given many funds and sent a lot of students over, and we we accept it because they need the money because our government's cutting the fucking university funds. That um, river of gold they're ending. Because yes, so supposedly there was a river of gold of funding to universities, and that was the justification to pull funding. Wow. But it's clearly left a hole. That's now that for at least as in universities' eyes. Yeah, exactly. So that's scary. And, and right now, a, hu- a huge chunk of Australian universities' money relies on Chinese students' tuition fees. Like, um, how many universities were shitting themselves when coronavirus hit uh, because a bunch of us Chinese students couldn't come over and study? That's where all their money comes from, basically. It, it, it's, it's where a big chunk of their money comes from, yeah. Particularly because a lot of domestic students, citizens, can defer their money on hex. So the instant cash isn't there for these universities. You're yes. right. You're very right about that, yes. And and, and th- see, this is this is the problem. Um, Drew, while he may have had a real fight here, uh, he's fucking with the money. He's fucking with the university's bottom line. And when you fuck with the money, you get fucked with back. So uh, while this certainly isn't over, he said he's going to take the issue all the way to the Queensland Supreme Court. And he also has that battle in court with the Consul General. Um, it, it does highlight a rift between the Australian youth and Australia's heavy reliance on Chinese money. Uh, Drew opened up about his struggle with it, mental health on a podcast. He said that activism had given him a purpose to live. Now, we have some of the highest rates of depression among youth in Australia ever. Where will we put all our purposes to? Drew said that his experience at UQ had turned him into a radical. So we might see a more partisan youth emerge if injustices such as this aren't resolved by our leaders. Not only is it an issue of our leaders resolving these problems for us, they also are acting partisanly. So, you know, they're drawn on these party lines. You know, in Australia we have the Liberals and Labour, and then we have these further left and right parties and the Greens and the Nationals, and you have Independents as well, but they're not really a part of it. It's very much party lines, partisan politics. A box. This is, you're inside the box, you're outside the box. Exactly, and you're defined in that box. It's identity politics, really. And it's something that's even more pervasive in the States, because they only have two parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. And the problems with these party lines have kind of come to a head this week in the US with Obamagate, which people might have heard of, but I'd say a lot of people haven't paid attention to because it's come from the mouth of the big orange man. The biggest scandal in history, Obamagate. Pretty much a direct quote. We actually have Trump right here. Uh, (laughs) 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 I love you guys. The best podcast in the world. Oh, thanks, man. So last week, Barack Obama gave two speeches, one to high school graduates and one to university graduates. He used that platform to take a thinly veiled swipe at Donald Trump. He said, more than anything, this pandemic has fully, finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Trump said, I didn't hear it, and then labeled Obama a grossly incompetent president before walking away. Since then, Trump and his allies have engaged in a character assassination campaign against Obama. By extension, 
this is also an attack on Joe Biden. He was Obama's vice president and is now Trump's political opponent in the looming presidential election. So, Trump has taken to repeatedly tweeting in all caps, Obamagate, several times over the past week. And though he hasn't clearly defined what that means, he has called it the biggest political crime in American history by far. When asked by a reporter, what's the crime? Trump responded, you know what the crime is. He's got away with words. He truly does. So Obamagate doesn't really seem to be about any scandal in particular. Otherwise, Trump would really be hitting it harder and he'd be giving more definite answers, though that's not something he really ever does. Yeah, and also, supposedly, Kaylee, the press secretary, she said that she would never lie. She was asked in her first press conference, can you say to us, can you promise to us that you will never lie? And she, without hesitation, said, I will never lie to you. But it is more likely a play by Trump to distract people. However, debate has arisen over an alleged crime of unmasking Trump's first national security advisor, Michael Flynn, three years ago. This was recently revealed to have been instigated by Democrats, including Obama and Biden. So Flynn was unmasked in relation to contact he had with Russia's ambassador to the US, Sergei Kislyak. And Democrats are taking this as evidence that Trump's campaign was colluding with Russia. Controversy has centered around an FBI interview conducted with Flynn in the first few days of Trump's presidency, an interview that has since gone missing. And that's not the only issue there. Apparently Flynn was told he didn't need a lawyer and a leaked handwritten note from that meeting seemed to demonstrate that the FBI planned to get him to lie and to be fired. It's worth noting that in the weeks leading up to Trump taking office, Flynn pleaded guilty, twice, to lying to the FBI during investigations into Russian election meddling. Incidentally, that case was dropped by the Department of Justice a few weeks ago. As the Department of Justice has dropped Flynn's charges, the Democrats' initial unmasking of him seems a bit baseless. And if we take into account that Flynn's unmasking occurred around the time Trump became president, there seems to be evidence of conspiratorial behavior amongst Democrats, particularly Obama and Biden. Republicans think that this unmasking is unlawful and they take it as evidence that the Democrats are trying to take down Trump and that the FBI and or the intelligence community uh, is involved in this deep state conspiracy to take down Trump as well, like to un undermine him um, from all angles. A and this just makes Trump's allies closer to him in a way. So you've got the Democrats accusing the Republicans and the Republicans accusing the Democrats. So politics. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> but politics as we know it. And, and this is kind of the issue. So criticism of both sides has been leveled by current U.S. Attorney General William Barr. And he believes that there are increasing attempts to use the criminal justice system as a political weapon. He stated that any effort to pursue an investigation of either candidate has to be approved by me. So Bill won't let the election be meddled with if he can help it. He also made a point that this situation has seen two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and his associates, and the other that applied to everybody else. Following that, he stated, we cannot allow this to ever happen again. Pretty good that someone's uh, t taken fucking control. But I, I find it interesting because, like, I, I, given what I've learned about Obamagate from you mostly, um, Flynn didn't really seem to have been doing that much I guess wrong 
because and, and he he also wasn't represented in the entire case for not getting a lawyer um being told to did you say he was told to lie no there was a handwritten note that was leaked that said we need to get him to lie and get him fired right and also uh there was a leak to the wall street journal supposedly by james comey who was the director of the fbi for like a decade yeah see this this all just seems like it's being used uh, as a political weapon one for you know winning the upcoming election because if you discredit obama you discredit biden as you were saying but you know I really think we should be calling this let's not talk about how Trump fucked up COVID gate instead yeah. of you know what I mean like he's COVID gate he, he, he really he COVID gate that's actually pretty good it really seems like this Obama gate thing came out of nowhere just as Trump's numbers were slipping just as just as his base was like fuck man you kind of fucked up with the COVID thing hey but now is because he was known from his base as the guy who was draining the swamp the guy who was telling people how it is how it really is and this is what he's doing again he's just going back to his usual self his usual games he could have bought this up any fucking time while he's while he's been president but he chooses now well but also um the the presidential election is looming so yeah yeah sure this could be a distraction towards covid but this is always a card that he was probably very aware that he could use at any moment because the closer you do it to the election and if you, di- like you said, if you discredit Biden, if you discredit Obama, which will repair, so you discredit Biden, obviously, you discredit the Demo- the Democrats. Yes. And that's a win to yourself. And let's not forget the significance of calling it Obamagate, uh, which has very deep historical ties in America. The first gate, uh, as if, if you will, was uh, Nixon with Watergate, where, you know, he was found, he was found lying and bugging the Democrats' offices. Yeah, so, um, and and Trump knows that a lot of people are merely just going to look at the newspaper, see the word Obama. Or gate. just see the title. I, yeah, exactly. Just see the title. Yeah. Probably not look, in, look into it because Caleb... Look into it. Ca- Caleb's been, yeah, because Caleb's been banging his fucking head against the wall trying to work out what the fuck this is. And he just walked up to me and went, Shaq, like, it, it's not really much. Like, there's not much to this. It, it, it largely feels like a distraction yeah and he also had that thing about uh as you mentioned before about you know leaving the cupboards empty that's the other thing they're doing at the moment they're going after obama in terms of flynn but they're also saying that the reason that the trump administration wasn't prepared or was ill prepared for the pandemic they're not saying that they would never ever say that their administration is ill prepared for anything but what they're trying to say at the moment through the obamagate lens is that the handing off of the torch from Obama to Trump was inadequate. And they've been having to basically make up for everything that they've lacked in. Yeah. Supposedly that's why it's taken them so long or that's why... Even yeah, though exactly. Trump's had three years to stock exactly. shelves. Exactly. He's almost right. out. You know yeah. what I mean? You're almost out. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we've got to remember yeah, as well that um, if Bernie had won the, the ticket and was going up against Trump, he would have a Obama gate wouldn't even be here because there would be no point because he, he doesn't because discrediting Obama discredits Biden which is his entire goal right now Cause, yeah he even said he was even saying it like a, a, a an event a few months ago like oh yeah like I was kind of um, crapping myself about having Bernie because we had this whole socialist thing anti-socialist thing planned and like you're a communist but you know now we have Biden and Biden's going to be easy 
Well, the thing is, they can still use all of that rhetoric that they've been preparing about anti-Bernie because Biden and Bernie have been working together. Like Bernie has stepped down, and he stepped down because Obama pressured him to. But Bernie's group has been working with Biden's group on policy. And it seems like the policy that Biden's going to come out with is further left. So he can use Obamagate rhetoric, and he can use anti-socialist rhetoric. Yeah, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it will fly as, as well as it would with... Uh yeah, let's also remember out of this that uh, while Trump is, you know, maybe not everyone's favorite guy, uh, Obama is. But it's important to note that Obama isn't exactly an angel. An angel. He's not. He he actually did do some f- pretty fucked up shit while he was pr- president. Uh, naming a couple of things off my head, he tried to persecute Julian Assange. He Bombed, bombed the shit out of uh, Iraq. He bombed the shit out of Iraq. And Syria. And Syria. He probably, I think he he dropped the most bombs out of anyone. The whole Michigan thing. But he Flint, oh, man. Yeah. Flint, Flint, yeah, the whole that. Flint this thing. Is, yeah. This is why, I, this is, oh man, I, 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 I go through this pendulum with Trump as well, and I'm like, I dig that. I do, I, what the fuck, man. The thing was with Trump, uh, you kind of know what you're getting in a way. He can be unpredictable, sure. But with Obama, he kind of, hides behind this like golden boy perfect guy like this savior of the democrats that came in you'd be critical of both sides honest to god well supposedly trump's administration has provided unprecedented transparency they've been using that all the time recently unprecedented unprecedented really the obamagate scandal itself barely scratches the surface of this democrat republican rivalry this even the trump obama rivalry because that's been going for about a decade I don't know if people remember, but Trump was the one pushing for Obama to prove that he was a U.S. citizen. That was like a decade ago. We also can't forget that the reason this is happening now is because the presidential election is in November. Flash news. We got kittens. Two kittens. They're fucking cute. Shaquille is turning 23 on Friday. Very exciting. Happy oh birthday, boy. Shaquille. Happy oh, birthday, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Shaquille. you. AFL is returning June 11th. So, for all you footy heads out there, you're going to be all right. The UK is in a recession. <laughs> Boo-hoo for Bojo. A new rare species of toothless dinosaur has been unearthed in Australia called a Elephrosaurus. Good enough. Sure. UK is also banning menthol cigarettes in an effort to stop teens smoking. Google finally pays tax in Australia. Finally. Facebook launches a shop fixture to be competitive during COVID. The Essential Survey found that one in eight young Australians believe that 5G is responsible for COVID-19. Fights have broken out in Hong Kong's government over attempts to ban booing of the Chinese national anthem. There's new plastic bottles that exist that will apparently degrade within a year. But I don't know if uh, how that goes for our plastic inside the drink, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, no deal Brexit? Potentially. And the President of Palestine says all agreements with US and Israel are void due to Israel's annexation plans. Okay, that seems to be all the news for this week, folks. We just want to say something quick. If you disagree with anything on the podcast, or if you want to contradict any of the facts that we made, because, you know, we make mistakes, we're only human, baby, uh, just send us a message or post somewhere and we'll rectify it. No death threats, though. No death threats. Please. <laughs> we have a strict no death threat policy. <laughs> yeah, here, strict no death threat policy. criticism encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, anyway, as always, folks, 
Love you. Thank you for listening. Love you. Yeah, Have a nice week. Catch. Catch up. Catch up.